Hey, so what did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, hot crust buns with butter, yogurt with honey and muesli, a banana, coffee and green tea. Impressive. <laughs> yeah, that that's much more impressive than my uh, breakfast, which involved... Uh, I, I had a bit of a road trip this morning. I drove back from the beach to go straight to work and I, I left at like six and I knew my only chance to eat before I had meetings was going through the drive through oh, at yes. one of the big yes. chains and I had a muffin yes. with bacon yep. and egg in it. I'm not proud, but I did. Um, and it, it felt right at the time. I Now thinking about it, yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, but it got me thinking about why it felt right to eat bacon in the morning and why it always feels right to eat bacon in the morning and bacon and eggs and kind of heavy food like that. Um, so I did a bit of digging. It harks back to the 13th century when la- the landed gentry in England would prepare elaborate, expensive breakfasts as a show of wealth. So they would eat meat at breakfast um, because it was you know, showing how much money you had that you could just blow all your money on bre- breakfast foods. Mm. And that was picked up in the Victorian era, according to um, this website, which is quite great. It's called EnglishBreakfastSociety.com. If you are a history nerd and you like foods. Hey, then... I've got a fact from that later on. Hey, excellent. <laughs> um, so for aspiring and wealthy Victorians, breakfast became an opportunity to demonstrate your wealth, good taste and social upbringing. Um, so, yeah, it was sort of brought right up to the Victorian era. So that's why it would make sense for, you know, there's that, that recognisable English breakfast, which is, you know, sausage mm. and bacon and beans and like a whole bunch, you know, black pudding and sort of heavy, heavy foods. You would think that that just automatically transferred to the United States. Uh, and that's why bacon was on the menu at the American burger chain that mm. I got breakfast from this morning. It actually wasn't that simple. Um, you have to jump to the 1920s in the US um, to find out when bacon became a, a staple uh, at breakfast, and it was thanks to a PR flack named Edward Bernays. This is from a website called americantable.com. Uh, he was approached by the Beechnut Packing Company, producers of everything from pork products to bubblegum, and Beechnut wanted to increase consumer demand for bacon. So Bernays turned to his agency's internal doctor and asked him whether a heavier breakfast might be more beneficial for the American public. Uh, the doctor, who was on the payroll of the company, understandably said, yes, yes, that makes a lot of sense, uh, and confirmed Bernays' suspicion and then wrote to 5,000 of his doctor friends asking them to confirm it as well. So this study of doctors encouraging the American public to eat a heavier breakfast and bacon and eggs were mentioned in this kind of study that he did was published in major newspapers and magazines of the time to great success and bacon and eggs became a staple breakfast food the kind of thing that would then be loaded into a muffin and served at an American breakfast chain some 96 years later and eaten by me. So I know you're saying American breakfast chain to not give people free advertising, but I do want to know, was it Macca's it or Jack's? It was McDonald's. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, we are talking about bacon today. Uh, and have you brought some in? Yeah. Good. <laughs> So my first story um, is inspired by my friend Joel's year eight sex ed class. So he was at an all boys school. And so obviously I didn't see this story firsthand, but this is what he told me. (laughs) So the teacher held up a question box and said, anyone who has a question, they want answered in sex ed, but it's too embarrassed to ask it out loud. Put it anonymously in this confidential question box and, you know, we'll discuss the answers next week. Mm -hmm. 
And Joel, in what I think was a quote from the movie Dudley Do Right. Dudley Do Right with Brendan Fraser. Mm, and Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> I've never seen it, but... Um... <laughs> that, that would have to be the least quoted movie of all time. So <laughs> fair play to you, Joel. Yeah, to be fair, I thought it was a South Park quote, but um, I asked him the other day in preparation for this. He's like, no, Dudley Do Right. <laughs> wow. Um, and wow. so he, he, the question he wrote in the sex ed question box was... Is Canadian bacon just regular ham? So Joel, um, I told Joel I was going to tell this story and he found the snip in it Dudley do right for me. So I'll just quickly play it now okay. so you all know. This just in, scientists discover that Canadian bacon is actually ordinary ham. Mm. So the teacher obviously didn't answer that question. Mm-hmm. But um, everyone in the class wanted to know and Yunoki 3310 couldn't Google it at that, <laughs> that year. So I've Googled it and... Strap yourself in because it's fucking confusing. Okay. <laughs> so, basically, no, Canadian bacon is not regular ham. In the US, um, Canadian bacon, as it's known, is made from the loin of pork. Okay. And ham is made from parts of the leg, thigh, or rump of the pig. Okay. Um, so, in Canada and the UK, it's called back bacon. Mm-hmm. So that's what Americans call Canadian bacon. But here, Canadian bacon or back bacon is called middle bacon. Ah. So back bacon, middle bacon and Canadian bacon are all the same thing as far as I can tell. Okay. So basically the difference is it's kind of doesn't have the fat attached and it's kind of more circular. And I guess it does look a little bit more like ham. Yeah. But it's not ham. Because it's from the loin. Yeah. Or the back. It's from the loin, which is also the back. Look, let's just... I, <laughs> maybe don't ask any questions. And regular bacon is <laughs> from the belly. Um, That's what we have, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, But if anyone actually has any more answers, <laughs> feel free to tell me. Cause it it's sounds fun. like... I just... I was researching this for a long time and I got so confused. I'm like, maybe it is fucking ham. I don't know. But I don't think it is. Should we just believe Dudley Do-Right? You know, any movie that's got Brendan Fraser (laughs) and Sarah Jessica Parker in, it must be all right. Maybe. But basically what I've learned is when you order bacon overseas, you have no idea what you're going to get until you get it. But yeah. Okay. Just be careful out there. (laughs) Okay. I think it's fairly established that we here at Ingridopedia Industries love bacon. Um, and things that taste like bacon. Em, how do you... Are you sort of pro-bacon-flavoured products? Bacon-flavoured, like not real bacon. Well, if... I, I, what, I, what I'm going to do... I'm, I'm just going to go through a list of a few bacon-flavoured mm. products that are out there on the market, as far mm. as I could tell. And you can tell me whether this sounds good to you. Bacon toothpaste. I've heard of that before. I mean, it doesn't sound clean, but I'd try it. Okay. Uh, bacon toothpicks. Give it a go. Yeah. Bacon lip balm. Definitely yeah. on the on the buy list. Pro. But, uh, bacon envelopes. They're called envelopes. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Bacon beer. Yeah. yeah. Try it. I've had it. It's good. Uh, bacon chips. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Get on. Bacon jam. That actually looked quite delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bacon vodka. Oh, yeah. Probably couldn't taste so, the bacon. So all of those things are real. Um, so with a list like that... This article from 2010 in the Huffington Post is not a huge surprise. The headline was, Bacon Baby Formula is Our Society Doomed. 
And I'll just read a little excerpt from it. So this exists. Bacon Baby. And there's a link to the product website. It says it's manufactured by a company called J&Ds. But you may know them by their more common moniker, Destroyers of Our Society. What is it? Bacon-flavored baby formula. But that's misleading. I've had Jolly Ranchers, which is a type of lolly or candy, that were green apple flavored, but we all know there are no apples in those ranches. This, however, includes four servings of bacon in every scoop. Four. Four servings in every scoop. While I'm all for the science that's capable of replicating bacon in powder form with such efficiency, what adults are requiring four servings of bacon at a time? This was then followed by an update. Update. J&D's pulled the plug doesn't mean our society is still not doomed. <laughs> Let me just clarify here. J&D did not pull the plug. J&D put out this press release on April 1st. Right. It, was a, it was a hoax in order to drum up publicity for their business, which some of those products that I talked about, I think the bacon uh, lip balm is theirs, the envelopes are theirs. Mm. They've, got also, they've got bacon salt is their, main, um, is their main product, and they do quite well out of that. They also put out these hoax press releases, um, and they work. One of uh, they've done them for um, bacon lube, yeah, and bacon coffins, and the what? internet Is jumps it... on them. All oh, right, it's fake. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's not real. <laughs> it's not real, people. It's not Huffington Post. It is not real, and you can't just say, "Oh, they pulled the plug." They didn't pull the plug. You got duped by a press release, and not they're not the only ones that got duped by a fake press release. Uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning author Charles Duhigg. I don't know how you pronounce that. D-U-H-I-G-G, author of the 2012 bestseller, The Power of Habit, didn't dig too far into J&D's products either. In the article, Surprisingly Simple Hacks to Make You Super Productive in Fortune magazine, uh, he's he's interviewed for this surprisingly simple hacks clickbaity article. He says, we've all been exposed to combinations of ideas that are terrible. I was actually looking for some examples online and I found somebody made bacon-flavored formula for babies. Clearly, that's the worst idea ever. No, no, <laughs> Charles Duhigg. The worst idea ever is to just really, really quickly internet research things and not like look into them. And I've learned that the hard way <laughs> by really, really quickly internet researching things for this very podcast. But what I have learned this week is that... Um, you can get almost everything bacon flavored, just not baby formula yet. So, when was the first time you ate bacon? I do not remember my first bacon, but I remember a lot of bacon being. <laughs> when I was a kid, I um, I lived overseas um, and we travelled a bit. I lived in Indonesia and we we travelled a lot, and I would just the continental breakfast. At a, at a hotel was just like the the breakfast buffet at a hotel was just heaven for me like little sausages and I would just overeat every single time and my mum would be like no no you know you don't want to be sick later today and I would just be like there is <laughs> unlimited bacon and a man over there is going to cook me an omelette if I ask him so I remember very very strongly and vividly eating bacon but I don't remember exactly the first time mm. and you yeah I don't remember the first time either but um yeah, I probably had a similar experience because um, I used to, when we used to drive to Queensland, we used to stop at the Tokemall McDonald's. Uh huh. <laughs> and I used to get bacon and egg McMuffins. So, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Formative experiences. That's yeah. why you're such a foodie now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was probably about six when I had my first one. But it turns out you should be eating bacon when you're still in the womb. 
Is this this isn't a hoax article? Is it? <laughs> have you, have you well, thoroughly no, researched this? Um, well, I guess the Huffington Post. I would take that as truth. <laughs> so this is from the Telegraph. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, in the UK. Yeah. So it says that eating a breakfast of bacon and eggs could help pregnant women boost the intelligence of their unborn child. But it's not just strictly bacon. It's a chemical found in pork products and egg called choline. And apparently it helps babies develop part of their brain linked to memory and recall. So they found out about this by testing it on baby mice. And mice fed a low choline diet while in the womb had genetic differences in their brain cells than those given large amounts of choline. So um, Dr. Gerald Weissman, editor-in-chief of the Federation of American Societies for Experimental Biology Journal, which published the research, said... We may never be able to call bacon a health food with a straight face, but similar studies are already making us think those things that we consider healthful and unhealthful. I think she means healthy. Or he. I think he means healthy. Yeah. Um, So I think you could argue that bacon garnished green smoothies are healthy, though, especially if you're pregnant. It sounds like it's our duty to tell people (laughs) (laughs) to to eat bacon, Mm. as long as it's cooked. Yeah. Particularly... If you are, well, well, let's get into that. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know anything about um, what you're supposed to eat when you're pregnant or not eat. Well, you're not meant to eat cured meats because there's a type of... Oh, okay. Yeah. And and like soft cheeses and stuff. There's all different types of things. But it does bring me to my next point. There are some big questions in in the universe. Like, why are we here? Is there a God? And can I eat raw bacon? (laughs) Uh, And if you take... I will say, I just for full disclosure, I've done nothing but look around on the internet to answer this question. Mm, I'm interested too. And I've got to tell you, it's, oh, look, I'll just take you through my take you through my findings. Uh, firstly, what I learned is that uh, raw bacon is not raw. Mm. Bacon, by its very definition, is the belly meat of a pig cured with salt, sugar and usually nitrites um, or some sort of preservative, and then smoked. So it's not technically raw, but that doesn't mean that it's safe. Um, It sort of depends on what corner of the internet you're crawling in, though. So this is where it gets a bit muddy for me. So if you go to that repository of genius, Yahoo Answers, the top answer states, Why do they keep saying raw bacon? First of all, it's not raw. It's cured and smoked in a smokehouse for 10 days or more with salt, sugar, and other ingredients, so it won't hurt you. Just full of sodium and calories. Same as ham, sausage, bologna. If, if a product is raw, it will say, handle with care, raw meat. Bacon is not raw. Read the package. It will tell you cured and smoked. Um, that goes on. It's sort of like an angry mm. rant about it. It's not raw. So that's what Yahoo Answers top answer says. It's got mm. 13 likes. So, you know, people must be right. But then if you go to ask.com, it says, according to the United States Department of Agriculture, eating bacon raw can cause illness from foodborne bacteria or parasites. While most types of commercially sold bacon are typically smoked and cured before the cutting and packaging process, this process does not kill all bacteria and parasites, Mm. making it important to cook bacon thoroughly before serving. And finally, if I go to the top Google result of can I eat raw bacon, uh, you get an article from Healthy Eating, which is a section of the SF Gate uh, publication in San Francisco. And it says... 0.5% 
Pork, like other raw animal muscle foods, frequently contains bacterial pathogens. Some other foodborne pathogenic microorganisms that, that can be found in pork, as well as other meats and poultry, are Salmonella, Staphylococcus aureus, Toxoplasmosis gondii, Campobalacta, Yersinia enteri—it goes on—and mm. Listeria, blah blah blah. So the general wisdom of the internet is that smoking and curing might not kill all of the bacterial pathogens in bacon. So it seems like, on a, if I kind of weigh them up and I take out just a weird rant from Yahoo Answers, that it's to be on the safe side. Make all bacon deliciously crispy. Have you ever eaten raw bacon though? Yes. Yeah, so you're still alive. I am, but maybe I've just been walking the line, you know? Mm, my friend bought raw bacon thinking it was like prosciutto or something and arranged it on a platter when we we're in Paris. And we're like, pretty sure that's bacon. He's like, no, it's not. I'm going to eat it. I'm like, okay. And he didn't die. Okay. Well, well that sounds pretty scientific. Don't take that as health advice. All right. So, nobody eat raw bacon. So you know the phrase, bring home the bacon? Yes. Basically, it means to rake in cash. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to find out where bring home the bacon came from because bacon isn't really that expensive. And if we, it was all about money, it might be like bring home the, the caviar or... Bring home the wagyu. Yeah. Yeah. But um, maybe bacon was expensive back in the day. I don't know. So I looked it up and actually it's not about money at all historically. It's about matrimonial harmony, according to English Breakfast Society. <laughs> maybe we should approach them for a sponsorship. Yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by English... No, it's not actually. <laughs> um, so in 12th century England, there is a town called Dunmore. So the church in that town offered a side of bacon to any married man who could swear before the congregation and God that he had not quarreled with his wife for a year and a day. So if the husband hadn't fought with his wife, he literally bought home the bacon and was held up as a role model. That's tough to prove. How do you prove yeah. that? Um, it's not I like don't know. I guess it's like you might feel so guilty that you're lying to the church if you're not, you know, people probably held that in high. How, like they probably cared. How much bacon do you get though? Oh, I think it said one side. Yeah, so well, like a I'd tiny be, bit. But I'd bacon might have been rare. So yeah, bringing home the bacon means you don't fight with your partner and then later on the phrase evolved into meaning generating household income. And there are a few stories about how that happened, but it was a bit confusing. And just just go to English just... Breakfast Society. <laughs> yeah. they've, they've done all the research. We've just pulled this stuff off the internet. You want to know where it originated though? And I told you, so there you go. <laughs> I don't remember asking that question. Oh, that's cool. Hey. They asked what to don't diss them. <laughs> hey, um... Did you know that bacon fat could be turned into explosives? No, I didn't really care. <laughs> well, <laughs> it can. Um, and do you know who taught me? Ask.com. <laughs> Minnie Mouse in a propaganda film from World War II. Uh, I'm going to go to the tape just to give you a bit of background. Minnie Mouse has been frying bacon and uh, Pluto the dog has been really enjoying the smell. And then Minnie says, do you want a, um, some delicious bacon grease, Pluto? And Pluto's, Pluto's like, yeah, I do. And uh, she's about to pour it into his bowl when this happens. Don't throw away that bacon grease. 
Housewives of America, one of the most important things you can do is to save your waste kitchen fats, bacon grease, meat drippings, frying fats. We and our allies need millions of pounds of fats to help win the war. For fats make glycerin, and glycerin makes explosives. So there actually was a drive during World War II um, from 1943 onwards um, for women to donate their bacon grease and meat drippings to be turned into explosives. So on this film produced by the Walt Disney Corporation featuring Minnie Mouse and uh, Pluto, it it gives you really clear instructions of what you you get a metal can, not uh, not a glass jar, and you pour the bacon fat into it and you go back to the butcher um, who's got a sticker in the window saying, you know, grease collection agent, and they'll give you money for it. Um, so that fat was then turned into glycerin, which would then be turned into explosives. Um, it wasn't actually particularly successful, and this is an article from The Atlantic in the United States. Um, it says, as the rationing of butter, lard, and meat was imposed beginning in 1943, fats became even more valuable. Women were also busier than ever, charged with holding down the home front and taking up many jobs previously occupied by men so donating fats took time and sacrificed a basic cooking ingredient consequently many women did not readily cooperate in the fat salvage program and the people that did cooperate in the in the program that their fat actually didn't really make much in the way of explosives it didn't really kind of do anything but according to this article really the whole point of it was just to make people feel like they were contributing to the war Mm. effort and that's what the sort of propaganda was all about. It's like you can do something, uh, even though you're just frying bacon, you can do something to help us win this war. And there's a really kind of, I guess, a disturbing image in this cartoon of like uh, Pluto and Minnie uh, thinking about Mickey Mouse on the on the front line holding a rifle. Um, it was a different time mm. when bacon grease was explosives and, and mice were just out there you know, shooting down enemy planes. So, what did we talk about? I found out if Canadian bacon was just regular ham. I found out that there is no such thing as bacon baby formula. And on the baby front, I found out if bacon is good for your baby. Then I found out whether you can eat raw bacon, I think. And then I brought home the bacon. And then I brought you a propaganda film from the 1940s featuring Minnie Mouse blowing up planes with bacon grease. Should we talk about the live ingredient that's coming up? We should. Do we need to look at the dates and stuff? No, no, no. Oh, no, I wasn't talking about specifics, but I was just seeing if, like, any Melbourne listeners wanted us to cover any specific ingredient in a live format yeah. they should tell us yeah think about think about what you would like in ingredientpedia live it's going to be our first event it's very exciting it's, mm-hmm. it's part of the emerging writers festival um we'll, we'll give you the dates and all the information as it gets closer but yeah think about what you would maybe like to come along and hear us talk about uh and um possibly sample mm, irl um, irl um so yeah have a think about that you can hit us up at the website ingredientpedia dot com and yeah vote for us uh, vote for the facts on instagram hit us up on twitter we're always there Uh, and uh, thanks for listening 